Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, most gracious, most merciful. <coughs> Human rights in Islam and refutation of the misconceived allegations associated with these rights. By Suleiman Abdurrahman Al-Huqail, PhD, Professor of Education, Imam Muhammad bin Saud Islamic University. Page 102. Page 102. Third, protection and guarantees of human rights in Islam and international instruments. <coughs> the third dimension of the comparison between human rights in Islam and international instruments has to do with the protection and guarantees of human rights. Before talking about protection, guarantees, and promotion of human rights in Islam, I must first point out that secular laws did not lay down any protection measures to safeguard human rights from violation. The world today is witnessing a trend which could be called the era of global human rights. Human rights or human right has become an issue of increasing concern to all official and non-official institutions. However, the question that arises now is, is there any mechanism? Is there any mechanism for enforcing human rights principles and protect them from violation, i.e. objective guarantees to assure the implementation of human rights? In order to provide a correct answer to this question, I need to refer to the provisions of the UDHR. Then I will talk about. <coughs> then I will talk about how some states exploit human rights issues, and use them as a pretext, and umbrella for interference in the internal affairs of other countries. With reference to the provisions of the UDHR, you find that the. UDHR, which was ratified in 1948 by the UN, did not establish any means or safeguards mechanism for the prevention of any possible aggression, infringement, or disrespect to human rights norms, neither on the regional nor on the universal level. <coughs> the UDHR has provided in a general obscure statement in Art or Article 28 the following. Everyone is entitled to a social and international order in which the rights and freedoms set forth in this declaration can be fully realized. The declaration has embodied a warning to those who misinterpret or misconstrue its provision, but it did not provide for any sanctions thereto. Thus, the declaration provides the following. Nothing in this declaration may be interpreted as implying for any state, group, or person any right to engage in any activity or to perform any act aimed at the destruction of any of the rights and freedoms set forth herein. The UN General Assembly has approved uh, in 1966 the International Convention on Civil and Political Rights and its optional protocol. This protocol relates to Complaints filed by persons whose rights set forth in the Convention are infringed. 
The Convention in its fourth chapter, Article 28, and the following article stated that a human rights commission should be formed. This commission must be composed of 18 members. The function of this commission is to study the member states' reports which they prepare about the procedures which has been taken by a state member to ensure and secure the rights set forth in the Convention. The Commission also receives notification submitted by one member state against another member state in respect of discharging its obligations in special circumstances and under specific conditions. The Commission in the latter case exerts good efforts to mediate between the concerned countries so as to reach and so as to reach an amicable settlement. If failed to do so, the Commission will then submit a report to these states. Also, the Commission can refer the matter to conciliation upon a prior consent to that end from the states concerned. This Commission must submit a report to the UN General Assembly about its activities and the report must be submitted via the Economic and Social Council indicated in Article 45 of the Convention. Any state which chooses to become a party to the optional protocol should recognize the Commission's jurisdiction to receive, look into, and study complaints filed by its subjects against its based against it based on infringement to any of their rights set forth in the said convention. Also the convention sorry, also the commission holds its meeting secretly. It should respond to all complaints explaining its view to both the state and the concerned parties as well as to the concerned individuals. From the aforesaid it appears clearly that the UD HR and the international instruments did not lay down the necessary and obligatory guarantees for the safeguard and protection of human rights. Also, although the UDHR and the subsequent international instruments do not bestow on any state the right to interfere in the international affairs of another, we can see how we can see now some states attempt we can see now some states attempt to interfere in the affairs of other states in the name of human rights protection. If the state concerned cannot militarily interfere, it mobiles the international public opinion against the state which uh, infringes the human rights. This mobilization could be by means of issuing of report condemnations. In fact, such interference does not lead to the uh, uh, to the <clears throat> in fact such uh, interference does not lead to this uh, cessation of the acts of infringement to human rights norms rather it leads to counter reports condemnation and protests from the infringing state against the first one for the interference in its uh, internal affairs this method of human rights protection depends entirely on the status of the relations between the countries. It is proved from the practical experience that this method is not used except when the relationship or when the relations between the concerned countries beco- uh, be- becomes worse. This indicates that this method is used with the intention to defame and condemn the states that uh, infringe human rights norms or can notice 
or can notice that method is not used uh, or can uh, or can notice that uh, method is not used by states whose intention is to protect human rights but rather to exercise pressures on the other state on the contrary when the bilateral relations of states concerned are good and prosperous each state avoids defaming the other in order not to disturb the existing uh, good even if the price for this good relation is to is human rights infringements in conclusion we looked <coughs> in conclusion if we looked at the international protection for human rights we find Mere attempts that did not mature to enforcement, these attempts are based on two grounds. One, an attempt to reach agreement on general norms to be recognized among all states. Two, an attempt to enact obligatory penalties for punishing the state that infringes human rights. Human rights protection and guarantees. Uh, all what has been ratified by the UN organizations and commissions concerning human rights is mere recommendations and it is not but ink on on paper the draftsmen the draftsmen who drafted the international human rights are not serious in doing this because they have drafted these instruments according to what is uh, dictated by their whims and caprices but the genuine and true protection and guarantees to human rights exist in Islam. Protection and guarantees of human rights in Islam. In Islam, rights stem from the Islamic faith. This faith is the spiritual element in the Islamic order, and it is reflected in all its norms and teachings. Mankind in Islam, faith is the best among other Allah's mankind in Islam. <clears throat> or in Islamic faith is the best among other Allah's creations and most honored by Allah. Allah Almighty ordains we have honored the sons of Adam, provided them with transport, land and sea, given them uh, for uh, given them for sustenance, things good and pure, and conferred conferred on them special favors above a great part of our creation. Based on this uh, preference, Allah conferred on man a certain permanent rights. By virtue of these rights, man favor as to other Allah's, to other Allah creations is actually obtained uh, so as to, to worship Allah in the widest meaning because worshiping Allah is the motive behind man's creation. Allah says, I have only created jinns and men that they may serve me. From the above mentioned, it appears that rights are divine donation, not granted by man to man, who can give it whenever he wishes or takes it whenever he pleases. But rights determined by Allah to man by his human potential. Uh, from the fact that human rights are in Islam are permanent and unchangeable rights donated by Allah or granted by Allah, or endowed by Allah, the following results and consequences follows. 1. These rights enjoy a good degree of prestige, respect, and constitute a guarantee for its protection against the rulers because confisc confisc confiscations of these rights by the ruler, governor, or the individual is, or individuals is, concerned rebelling, uh, is, is considered rebelling to Allah or rebelling against Allah. As a result, 
the ruler loses the legal base for continuation in power. Two, the classification these rights as divine donations implies a deep respect that stems from the belief in Allah who ordains these rights. This guarantee or these guarantees the adherence and blocks uh, the violation of these rights. This guarantee, sorry, this guarantees the adherence and blocks the violation of these rights. Three, since human rights are described as divine donation, they are not susceptible to modification, abolition or modification. Abolition or modification needs a, a new word from Allah. And as it is known, there are no new words of Allah after the death of Prophet Muhammad. May peace and blessing for Allah be upon him. Hence, these rights acquired eternity. Four, as these rights are donated or endowed by Allah, balance is achieved between the different factions of the society, i.e. no group of people would claim more rights against the public authority, nor the state will encroach on individuals' rights. The era of Prophet Muhammad, the era of Prophet Muhammad, may peace and a blessing for Allah be upon him, is considered one of the most prosperous realms in history. It witnessed justice and assertion of human rights as well as fundamental freedoms. This Islamic era has witnessed since 14 centuries ago a constructive, fair and a precise system for the protection of human rights and the fundamental freedoms that has never uh, being witnessed in another era whether precedent or antecedent to it till this day or till this date. In the terrain of human rights, Muslims have depended on two basic matters which are one, implementation of Islamic hudud, punishments for specific sins, as we will deal with this matter, as we will deal with this matter in detail in the chapter assigned for the refutation of the allegations attached to human rights in Islam. I will only point here that one of the most important goals behind the implementation of the Sharia hudud in Islam is to maintain human rights. Two, achievement of absolute justice which has been commanded by Allah and his Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him and urge people to uh, comply thereto in the Holy Quran and the, uh, the, the Sunnah and the, the Sunnah. Islam has been very keen to establish the society on a pure, absolute justice, justice that has a room for both friends and enemies, i.e. it does not discriminate between friends and enemies, justice that does not differentiate between relatives and others, justice that does not fears rich people or influential persons, justice that admits the right and denies the wrongdoings. Allah ordains Allah commands justice and doing of good deeds. Allah does not command judges to be only just but fair and good as well. Allah ordains and when he judges between people he judges with between and when he and when he judges between people he judges with between people he judge he ju, sorry he ju, judges with uh, justice. Also whenever you are uh, Speak, speak justly, even if any relative is concerned. Also, and let not the hatred of others to you make you swerve to wrong and depart from justice. Be just, that is next to piety, and fear Allah, for Allah is well acquainted with all that he does. We also read in the Quran, O you who believe, 
stand out firmly for justice as witnesses to Allah even as against yourselves or your uh, parents or your kin and whether it be against rich or poor for Allah can best protect both. The messenger may peace and a blessing for Allah be upon him has complied with the commands of Allah in ensuring justice therefore all his life was just. He taught his companions justice and asked his followers to be just. Also, he warned his followers against aggression. Prophet Muhammad has laid the way of Islam for achieving justice and equity and maintaining and protecting human rights. Justice in Islam is the base on which protection and guarantees of human rights have been built. It is immunity against transgression and infringement to human rights. Prophet Muhammad era is distinguished for the existence of three judicial systems functioning in harmony. These great systems are one, the normal judiciary system, two, the grievance system, three, general rehabilitation system, Hisba system. The following is a brief uh, of a brief outline of these three systems. One, the normal judiciary system. The normal judiciary in Islam has been distinguished for its absolute justice, devotion to fairness, and equal implementation of Sharia laws on all individuals, regardless of the status or position of the concerned individual. The nomination or appointment of judges is based on emotionless and objective standards. Only scholars who are just, wise, and trustworthy are selected to be judges. Islam uh, or Islamic scholars have specified certain eligibility requirements that should be satisfied by an assigned judge. These requirements are <coughs> A. The physical fitness, i.e. must be healthy and physically capable of bearing the tasks of rendering judgments in the different cases. B. Sufficient knowledge of Islamic Sharia laws, capability of distinguishing between what is permissible and what is prohibited, and capability of advising and filing opinions on different life and religion matters. C. <coughs> good morals, good behavior, and good conduct. This is in addition to the general requirements that should be satisfied by a judge, e.g. sanity, age of maturity, good reputation between the people, idealism, and a good model to be followed. Muslims, uh, caliphs, have given much concern to the requirements that should be satisfied by judges. Caliphs have never hesitated in firing, sacking judges who lack any of these requirements or who diverge from the right path of justice or people's confidence in their fairness. Caliphs, <coughs> caliphs were very precise in the selection of judges of the cities uh, uh, in, in the cities, big towns, Amsar, or the Islamic states. They continuously provide them with instructions that remind them of the duties of a judge, their description, and the way in which they are pers- presumed to behave. Umar bin Khattab, second caliph, sent message to Abu Musa al-Ash'ari about Islamic judiciary in which he summarizes what a judge in Islam should do to achieve justice and to prevent future transgression. Because of the importance of this message, I will cite it uh, there under in order to perceive closely how the judiciary in Islam maintains human rights and uh, protects them from infringement. The following is the text of the message from Umar the Caliph to Abdullah bin Qais. Greetings. The pronouncement of a judgment is 
an established unequivocal ordinance and practice. You must understand when a case is contested before you that the pronouncement of a judgment which cannot be put into effect uh, is no use. Act impartially between the people in your audience room and before you so that a man of noble status be not greedy for your partiality and the man of inferior status despair of justice from you. The onus of proof is on the plaintiff, the oath on him who denies the charge. Conciliation is permissible between people except a conciliation which makes licit what is forbidden or forbids what is licit. Let no judgment which you judged yesterday but over which you reconsulted yourself and were reconsulted yourself and were guided to your uh, rectitude prevent you from retracting to justice uh, or right. For nothing can invalidate justice, right. You must realize that retraction to justice uh, or right is better than long persistence, a thing which is invalid. Pay attention to comprehending what uh, uh, resolves disturbance in your mind that has no Quran or practice Sunnah applicable to it and become acquainted with similarities and analogies. Then compare the matters. Then have recourse to what is most preferable to Allah and most in conformity of them to justice, right as you see it. Set a term for a person who advances a plea, not being himself present, up to which he may come to present his case. If he produces a proof, he will receive his due, but if not, you can deem it permissible to issue a judgment against him. The Muslims are persons whose testimony is admissible with the exception of a person who has received a whipping for an offense against morality involving a fixed penalty or from whom false testimony has been experienced or if one suspects on account of client relationship or kinship to it or kinship to a litigant. Allah is concerned with your secret hearts and averts punishment from you in accordance with outward characters. Have a care to avoid vexation and annoyance with the litigants in the battlefields of justice in which Allah confers reward and makes goodly store. For whosoever secret heart, for whosoever secret heart in what lies between him and Allah, Allah will make right or reconcile what lies between him and the people. And whosoever decks himself out for the world with something other than what Allah knows of him, Allah will bring shame upon him. In this great message, Caliph Umar ibn Khattab talked about the uh, judicature as an important body in the state mechanism that implements and enforces law and administers justice. This is the target of the judiciary and the object of Sharia. Also, Caliph Umar highlights that justice is the criteria in conciliation. He indicated that all believers are equally qualified to give testimony unless someone has proven to be biased or otherwise unqualified thereto. Two, grievance system. Besides the judiciary, the judiciary in Islam, uh, 
a grievance system exists. The uh, function of this system is to investigate and consider complaints regarding due injuries or prejudices incurred by aggrieved persons secondary to acts of individuals or governors. It also scrutinizes these complaints and renders judgments thereto. It was stipulated that those who assume the position of a judge of grievances must be of paramount status, decent, honorable, trustworthy, of a great uh, prestige, influential, and knowledgeable of Sharia jurisdiction or jurisprudence. They must be less greedy and must be humble. The grievance judge has the following responsibilities. One, looking into grievances raised by mercenaries when their wages, entitlements, and subsidies were delayed. Two, redemption of illegally confiscated or encroached property to their legal owners. Three, trying disputes relating to waqfs, uh, waqfs endowments for enforcement of judgments which the ordinary judiciary has failed to enforce. Five, considering the public matters which could not be handled by the Hisba system. Six, the performance of Muslims to their visible worships and adoration. Seven, the the arbitration or arbitration. Three, Hisba system. It is a religious body that aims to promote virtues and to care vices. The main function of this body is to ensure the prevalence of Sharia norms among the people, ensuring justice and equality and combating wrongdoing. According to Muslim scholars, this institution is deemed to have judicial powers that assert justice and combats grievances and injuries. The purpose of the system could be divided into three divisions. A. Religious and moral and rehabilitation of, Mus- of, of the Muslim nation through urging Muslims to observe their prayers as well as preventing non-qualified persons to give legal judgment on matters relating to Sharia issues. Also, prevention of all acts that are not in conformity with morals and Sharia principles. B. Supervision and monitoring of all affairs that are not within the jurisdiction of the judicial institutions or could establish a cause cause of action or could establish a course of action before the courts, e.g. spying on others, cheating in in weights, duress in sales or prices, cheating in foodstuff and beverages, sale of prohibited goods and prohibited contracts, See supervision of public places through provision of water, catering, and necessary maintenance. Also giving help to people and assisting passengers, implementation of traffic laws, and demolition of shabby buildings in order to prevent expected injuries to people and their properties. From the above premises, it appears that the most important function of HISP system in Islam is the protection and maintenance of Muslims with, the law, with lawful means. In essence, the institution that have judicial powers uh, preserved human rights and freedoms and thus ensuring the achievement of the highest degree of justice between people. In order to shed more light on the superiority of Sharia compared to international instruments in the field of human rights, I will mention here a part of the comparison drawn by prominent scholars of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia between cultural rights in Islam and the international instruments. Several symposia were held in Riyadh, Paris, Vatican Council of Churches in Geneva and the European Council in Strasbourg 
about Sharia and human rights in Islam. These symposia were attended to a team These symposia were attended by a team of eminent Saudi scholars and other scholars and great thinkers and lawyers in Europe. The main objective of these symposia was to show the criteria of cultural rights in Islam compared to the rights embedded in the international instruments. I will just mention here the criteria of cultural rights in both Islam and uh, international instruments as they highlighted by the Muslim scholars. A. The characteristics of cultural rights in international uh, instruments. This characteristic can be summarized as follows. 1. Every person has a right for education and this right should not be denied by others. 2. Fathers have the right to select the religious education for their children um, according to their beliefs. 5. Education aims to allow persons to have access to knowledge and developing the feeling of a human dignity as well as promotion of human rights and fundamental freedoms. For the interest of the child is to is the sole guidance for the official in determining the child's education and direction. In respect to these international cultural rights, we would notice the following. A. It is private right. Uh, it's a private right and there is no general precept. Uh, B. We also notice on this uh, private right that the first protocol to the Covenant European Council has expressed this right in a passive wording rather than a positive one. It provides no one's right to education shall be denied. Therefore, the relinquishment of one's right does not confiscate a crime because it does not affect others. Such working or such wording weakens the right to education, which is one of the basics of human life. This right has been awakened to the extent of trusteeship without any guarantees for enforcement of this trusteeship, especially if we notice the aim behind this cultural right as provided in the international conventions where this, where this private right aims at professional enlightenment of mind for the personality and dignity of mankind without any indication to other life sciences and its scope or importance for the life of uh, the individual and the society. Among these matters are the belief in the first uh, scientific uh, fact, the uh, source of the, of the universe and the creator of heavens and the globe, the creator of mankind and the necessity of complying with his uh, uh, teachings, we are sure that the, uh, the the lack of belief in Allah has the main drive of the uh, international cultural rights to to the nations who have belief in Allah is the source of fear from the progress of science and technology. This was indicated in Tehran uh, declaration in the International Conference on Human Rights, which was held between 20 April uh, 1986. Uh, Article 16 of this declaration provides, while recent scientific discoveries and technologies advances have opened vast prospects for economic, social and cultural progress, such developments may nevertheless endanger the rights and freedoms of individuals and will require continuing attention. B. The Characteristics of Cultural Rights in Islam 
The most important characteristic of cultural rights in Islam can be summarized as follows. One, cultural rights in Islam have been referred to as obligatory ordinance. They are not subject to any abandonment. Therefore, they are not considered to be mere human rights as expressed in the International Covenants on Human Rights Man-Made Instruments. Two, this ordinance is mandatory for the individual and the society, i.e. each individual is responsible for the enforcement of uh, of this uh, of this norm thus it is a public norm and cannot be viewed as a merely private uh, right three this ordinance this ordinance is protected in islam by penalties rather than mere recommendations or moral rules without guarantees as it is the case in the man-made covenants accordingly the public authority in islam is endowed with the authority to inter- to enforce this uh, uh, this ordinance, unlike the prospective of these rights in international instruments, where they were considered as private right, that is incapable of being enforced by consumption if a person chooses to abandon it. Four cultural rights in Islam give uh, the right to pre- present for this election uh, the type of culture and education for their children according to their belief. Moreover, it imposes this duty on Muslims, unlike uh, the democratic system that imposes special kind of education against the will of the parents. Also, it is different from the secular democratic system that imposed only secularism in culture and education. In both cases, it is a confiscation to uh, children and young and youth minds and subjecting them to believe solely in the philosophy of the governmental regulations and depriving them of the recognized religious education for parents and guardians stipulated in the first. Stipulated uh, in the first, uh, stipulated, sorry, uh, the essential criteria, five, the essential criteria for this cultural ordinance in Islam is that it opens to man all spheres of heavens and earth for search for knowledge in different walks of life and aspects of technology without specification or fear from notions therefrom as the UN has feared in Tehran declaration. The purpose of this this is the acceptance and scientific recognition of the cherisher of the universe and the creator of man. This is how the technological uh, uh, sciences and progress are not only beneficiary and materialistic, but also a real tool in finding the essence together with the body uh, by bridging the gap between man and his creator, and also an invitation to act in accordance with his command and guidance. Thus, man can combine the greatest spiritual goal of science with his physical body entertainment in life. By doing so, man can protect himself from ge- going astray in the vices of materialism and uh, and uh, brutality alhamdulillah praise be to allah